on the line. She has written a new book, and the book has to do Stealing Your Vote, Christina Bob, with an introduction by of Steve Bannon. So let's see if we can locate her. She is, in fact, the attorney that um, was involved with the raid, Christina Bob, and she has this new Folks, joining us on the line right now on the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM, the author of Stealing Your Vote, we want to welcome to the John DePietro Show, it's Christina Bob. Good afternoon on this Monday, Christina. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Congratulations on your book. Take us inside your book about what happened in 2020 and what is some of the things that people should be concerned about for 2024. Well, so I just take the readers through my experience. I was working as an investigative reporter at the time with One America News. I was reporting from the White House on election night and was shocked probably much the way most of your listeners were when they called Arizona for Joe Biden. And I thought, there's no way. Like, how, how they just called Florida like 15 minutes earlier. There's no way they're ready for Arizona. And so that was the first time I kind of thought, oh, man, maybe we're maybe we really are going to have a problem with this election. And, you know, of course, then they stopped counting and then it took them several days to find additional ballots and, you know, that whole situation. Uh, so I just started investigating and I, I was on the ground in Arizona for months and months with the Arizona audit. I was on the ground in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania. And I spoke with as many elected officials in those states as I could. I spoke with county clerks, uh, city workers, uh, poll watchers, volunteers, observers, you know, everybody that I could who actually witnessed what took place. And I tried to kind of take the reader through what what happened and more so not more so than just what happened on election night, because we stole it. Right. Like, you don't need me to tell you that it was stolen. Certainly, I give the details of some of the statistics in each of the states about, you know, the number of problem ballots and all of that stuff. But more importantly, was the cover up. And the way I like to summarize the book is that Democrats stole the election and Republicans covered it up. And the book focuses on all of the things that we can all see that were problems, right? The voter rolls, the ballot stuffing, ballot trafficking, uh, no voter ID, or were there illegal people voting? All, all of those questions and concerns that we have that we think should be easy fixes. Uh, why haven't they been fixed? Why weren't they fixed between 2020 and 2022? And what do we need to do to put pressure on our leaders to actually make the right changes? And uh, I, I kind of just walk everybody through where the cover-up was, what you could do in your area to get involved. And I give examples of people who have done some really great work in their local areas. And I hope that the readers want to emulate some of that. Folks, again, we're speaking with Christina Bob. The book is Stealing Your Vote. Christina, you also uh, go out, go after, I should say, some of the Republicans in your book. If you wouldn't I mind do. just touching on that a little bit. Yeah, I do. I think... Republicans were a bigger problem than Democrats. Yes, Democrats cheated, but the only reason they were able to cheat was because they had enough cowardly Republicans who were refusing to stand up and protect our elections and call out the obvious criminal activity. And so um, in all of these states, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, there were Republicans in elected positions 
that should have been the sentinels that say, oh, no, that's a problem. We need to change it. And they refused to do it. And so, for example, in Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano, Senator Mastriano there, was trying very hard to create an Arizona-style audit in Pennsylvania. He wanted to audit Pennsylvania as well. And he had so much opposition from Republicans in that state, particularly Jake Corman, the president of the Senate there. And um, I go through the detailed conversations that I had with Doug Mastriano, as well as what he relayed to me about his conversations with Jake Corman and the other Republicans in the Senate. But the really frustrating reality, particularly about Pennsylvania, as well as most of these other states, is that Republicans, the Republicans that wanted transparency and wanted to correct the election never even got the chance to fight Democrats on the issue because they couldn't get past the Republicans. And that part, that was the most infuriating thing for me to realize that Republicans were in our way, not Democrats. Folks, again, we're speaking with Christina Bob, the book Stealing Your Vote. Christina, I'm curious because you also get into this in your book of some of the things that you believe need to be changed before the 2024 election. Yeah, well, one thing that I'd love to see changed is um, these massive county, uh, these counting facilities where they're all centralized. They centralize the county in areas like Philadelphia, uh, Milwaukee, Madison. You know, they've got centralized counts rather than counting the ballots at the precincts, which is what used to happen or, or a decentralized form of counting. And the reason why I think that's really important, and that's something that your listeners can get involved in and uh, organize and come up with a way in your county to make sure that your count is decentralized. Um, the reason why that's a problem is because it's much easier to cheat when everything is centralized in one area. You only need one or two people involved in the process. If everything is decentralized and it's spread out all over the state, then you need people all over the state who are willing to cheat. And the reality reality is I don't think most people wanted to cheat. I think they were trying to do the right thing and do uh, you know their civic duty by volunteering. And I don't think they realized that by being a part of a centralized counting facility that actually facilitates more election tampering. Um, of course, mail-in ballots is a huge problem. Some states, I think, will be better than others at getting rid of them. Uh, if you're in a state where you have the possibility of getting rid of mail-in ballots, work with your your neighbor, your friends and your family and your neighbors to petition to get rid of mail-in ballots. Make sure that you don't have this massive excess of ballots that can then just be filled out by anybody who wants to add ballots to the tally. Uh, I mean, there's a, num- there's a myriad of things, and I, I go through the, the various uh, scenarios in the book. Christina, I can tell you in our part of the, the country, the, the ballot harvesting is, is a huge problem where, uh, depending yeah. on the states, you know, Massachusetts, Connecticut, uh, someone can handle more than 10 ballots. But Rhode Island's actually unlimited where you have people that can drop off like 1,000 ballots. The, the, the fact our, our system was never designed to have where people can go out and literally collect thousands of ballots, <laughs> right? Millions, yeah, across yeah. the country. Yeah, yeah, you're right. What was it like yeah, in Arizona? Go ahead. What was it like in Arizona? Because that's, that's really interesting. And I, I was shocked that Carrie Lake did not win that election. Right. She is uh, one of a kind. So you were right there on the ground in Arizona, Christina. Yeah. I was. Well, I do think Carrie Lake won that election. I think that election mm. was stolen as well. And I think she had more than enough 
evidence to prove her case. I think the courts are just too timid to change the status quo. I mean, when you have elected officials who are who are go along to get along and just do whatever needs to be done so that, uh, you know, they can go home and ignore <laughs> ignore the government. Um, that's the kind of judges you end up with and you have a problem on your hands. But she had more than enough information. She had whistleblowers. Her attorneys were able to catch the uh, election director from Maricopa County uh, in a lie. He perjured himself on the stand and was forced to acknowledge it. And the court still didn't have a problem with that. I mean, it's really just kind of astounding to me that there can be so much evidence presented and the courts have just been unwilling to make an honest ruling. Uh, your introduction to your book was done by Steve Bannon. Uh, I mean, that is an unbelievable honor. What, what can you, how did you approach him and do, can you share with us that conversation? Sure. Oh, I was so, so grateful. I, I mean, of course, Steve Bannon has been, uh, one of the loudest voices, you know, that I, that I personally know anyway, um, on this. And, uh, my, my publisher actually approached him before I did. And I, I do know Steve, I got to know him in my post 2020 work, um, but the the publisher actually asked if he would be willing to do it. And then once they said that he was, I was just so thrilled and I called him and was so grateful. So, um, it, it was actually the publisher, not me, but since then, you know, I, I've just been so ecstatic that he was willing to lend his voice to try to further this message. Folks, again, it's author Christina Bob, before we let it go now, Christina, this whole business, uh, you were right in the eye of the storm, but since then, this business with the documents, well, what is your reaction to yeah. President Biden with the Corvette, now Mike Pence? Yeah. Uh, what yeah. is Christina Bob's reaction to that? My reaction, so my reaction, when, the, I think it was the first day after I heard about Biden's documents, I went to a meeting, uh, one of our staff meetings, and I walked in, a friend of mine was sitting there, and I go, hey, do you see the, the Biden documents? And, uh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't even say Biden documents. I go, hey, did you see the news? But that's what I was referring to. He knew exactly what I was referring to without even saying it. And he just looked at me and he smiled. He goes, all I can say is God loves Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> because it just shows the hypocrisy, like blatant, unabashed hypocrisy of the way they're applying the law to conservatives versus the way they apply the law to Democrats. So um, I think what they were trying to do, of course, was criminalize behavior that's not actually criminal there was nothing criminal about donald trump having these documents it's so common in fact that everybody in office has them the only person who is compromised with these is joe biden because we know what's on hunter biden's laptop and we know that he's sells information and uh, has used classified information to negotiate agreements for himself where joe biden gets 10 percent, you know the 10 percent kickback so the only person that has criminal exposure, as far as I can see, is Joe Biden. He was not covered by the Presidential Records Act. He didn't have the ability to declassify. And he's compromised. His son is compromised. His son was paying $50,000 a month to rent this house that didn't warrant $50,000 a month. Was he paying for access to the documents? We know he was using classified information to negotiate with foreign powers. So uh, Joe Biden should be the one that's in trouble. I don't think Mike Pence has any liability either. I mean, uh, what, did, what was Mike, Mike Pence didn't do anything wrong. So um, I think Joe Biden's the only one with any criminal liability. Of course, that's not the way the Department of Justice is going to frame it. We'll see what kind of tap dance show they want to put on here. But I don't think 
I don't think Donald Trump has any any liability. Yeah, I also I, I think it's also interesting, and someone brought it up of of what's even considered classified. And the example they use, let's just say like, and you you were really in the thick of this, but let's just say someone like Mike Pence. So the vice president, when he's vice president, he's going to travel to you know pick a state. He's going to travel to Michigan, and now his agenda that that day where he's going to go, the logistics of it. I mean, that that is considered classified information. But after the trip, then if if something like that was found, I mean, is that I I, I don't know. I mean, that it sounds like the whole system of how we treat and what is considered classified documents needs to be revisited because, you know, it sounds that I, I could see maybe the Secret Service needs to say maybe they there's certain intel that they don't want, but. It sounds like a lot of times after the fact that that's not something yeah. that necessarily is no, you're, classified. You're exactly right. And I think that's also largely why they're not disclosing what they found. I mean, if there was something, if Donald Trump were negotiating nuclear secrets with Russia, right, they could say, hey, we discovered that Donald Trump is negotiating nuclear secrets secrets with Russia. They could say that without disclosing any classified information, but they're not because there was nothing of value in there. There was mm. nothing of any importance that, that I, I, you know, I, I think you're exactly right. And I think that's why they're hiding behind this national security, you know, shield. They don't want to tell us because if they told us, everyone would be like, are you kidding me? You're putting our country through hell over nothing. But We'll, we'll see what they do. All right, just two more quick questions. And again, folks, Chris, uh, Christina Bob, congratulations. Unbelievable new book, Stealing Your Vote, The Inside Story of the 2020 Election, What It Means for 2024. What do you make of the uh, White House press secretary and how she's handling this uh, situation with the Biden documents? Everything she says is a lie. I don't know why anybody <laughs> believes a word that comes out of her mouth at this point. Does anybody believe a word that comes out of her mouth at this yeah. point? And doing bad things. It's another to go to work and do it openly and publicly with the intent to deceive the entire country, arguably the entire world. So I, she's just she's lying, and I don't know why anybody would listen to a word she says. Yeah, I think if anything, though, it's just like repeating talking points. Like they might as well just have like a Siri up there that no matter what you ask, <laughs> this is email. yeah, that's the answer that just email. comes yeah. out. It's just like kind of babbling. And also, Christina, how's the reaction been to the vote? How's the you know the book tour? I mean, how's the um, how, how's it been? How's how is it being an author now? It's it's been great, and thank you so much for for asking that. I'm really grateful for everyone's support and for their encouragement. And the the most uh, the but the best compliment that I have received from a number of people at this point is that the book was easy to read. That was my number one priority because sometimes books, you know, on elections or yes. on topics like this can be hard to read. And so I tried very hard to make it like a very easy flowing narrative format. And I got compliments on that. So that really meant a lot to me. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I found that. I want people to know that. A friend of mine asked me, and I said, you know what it is? It's the type of thing you can put it down, and then I pick it up and just start reading a random section. And it's interesting, and it all makes sense, and it's very easy to follow. Folks, again, the book, Stealing Your Vote. Christina Bob, Christina, it's great to talk to you. Congratulations on the book, and hopefully we'll talk to you again. Thank you for spending some time on The John DePietro Show. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. All right, folks, there it is.